0: This is the Blaze Radio on demand. Ladies and gentlemen,
1: Billy Halliwell and Chris Field, the Church
0: Boys. From the sublime to the ridiculous.
2: Chris,
1: Chris, Chris! Excuse me, pardon. Just, <clears throat> I'd fallen asleep last night during the debate, and this still—it's been lingering. Um, Was it well, that boring? Snooze fest, snooze fest. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. It's Billy and Chris here. We're Doing the Church Boys podcast <laughs> sleepily. <laughs> uh yeah, the um the debate. So that debate last night. Donald you know, Trump didn't insult anybody? No, no, not he it was weird. It was, it was, He's making his turn. I told you this would happen. <laughs> it's, uh well it's weird because he Oh, sorry. He came what out Muslim
2: ban. What Muslim? I never said <laughs> anything about any <banning laughs> so, Muslim. I don't know what you're <laughs> talking about.
1: No. He came out kinda like subdued, almost like he'd taken a Xanax last night. It was really weird. But what was funny was before the debate I was watching some of the the pregame stuff and either it was either Amanda Carpenter or S. E. Cup, one of the one of the two, who said beforehand, when they're talking about what should we expect tonight? Do you think there'll be the fireworks? What's gonna go on? And and one of the two said, I don't know what a toned down Trump looks like. I mean I don't know what that means? What what does it? What does a calm Trump look like? I don't have any clue. And and they all kind of giggled and they said, "I'm not meaning that to be funny." Like I li- literally and legitimately have no idea what that is. And I thought that was a good, um, fair point. But last night he came out. It was almost like he was taking a nap standing up. It was really. It lovely. might have been. I mean, stuff on the campaign trail. Yeah, and and it is. And he talked later. He <laughs> talked today. He talked Friday about. They're, you know, it's, you know, it is tiring and it is tough when it's a lot of work. But I mean, they've been slapping reporters around. Left, left, left <laughs> we'll get. And to, right. We're going to get to that, by the way. But I thought it was, I thought it was fascinating because so many people, uh, uh, people who cover this, are, we have to have a, you know, respectful debate, toned down debate, tone down because the last couple of debates have been you know, back and forth like a bunch of women yapping at each other. <laughs> Send your letters to Billy Halliwell. <laughs> But this time it was so calmed down, and they just talked policy, and it was subdued, and there was some debate. I mean, there was some going back and forth on your facts aren't right or your facts aren't. Right, but it never got nasty, which made it boring. I mean, compared to the other, and so people who were complaining about the the other ones being rude and obnoxious were now saying this one was boring. It's like, what do you want? You just got the policy debate you've been asking for. And I thought it was I thought it was informative, and I thought Trump was shown to know not a whole lot of things about a whole lot of things. So, um, well, you know. I mean, did Trump seem more competent? No, no, he seemed less competent. When it when he wasn't able to cover up his lack of information and lack of knowledge with insults, he 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 gets laid bare on his lack of competence. It's just we're that would be deal, a problem. We're gonna make better man. deals, you know. It's like what? What are you saying?
2: That will be a problem when he faces Hillary Clinton. Uh, will be a huge problem. Because she she it takes a lot to rattle Hillary Clinton it actually. Does. It and, really does. And
1: the fact is, he can do the assaults, he can do the insults now. But if he goes into debates and he gets nasty, if I'm Hillary Clinton, you know Hillary Clinton is probably one of those people that if it's if she's running against Ted Cruz, she'll only agree to like three debates. But if it's Donald Trump, she's more likely to say let's do 10 debates. let's do one a day because of his lack of knowledge on on substantive issues right and his inability to defend them and the fact that he will just go out with he will he has this tendency to want to just insult people and the fact is whether you like it or not and and people say you know we need to treat men and women equally the the media do not treat men and women equally and you can see it when Men and women debate, and a man insul- if a woman insults a man, uh, man, it's not a problem. But if a man insults a woman, watch out. Because suddenly he's fighting nasty and fighting dirty, and he's being sexist by attacking a girl. And Trump won't get away with it. And it will destroy him.
2: I think, yeah. I mean i have no clue what trump is i think you're you're starting to see the evolution of trump by the summer he is going to try to sound like a statesman he is going to try to sound like an actual presidential candidate this is the beginning of that i have predicted this for months don't deny it you know i have
1: no you have except that today friday he said people the people who attend my rallies need to spend more time violently beating up protesters
2: look he may have a point. No, I'm kidding. I mean, look, I, I think the fact the fact of the matter is that Donald Trump's always going to say crazy things, just but like Joe nev- Biden does. He's
1: never been a statesman. He's always been the brash, punch-in-the-mouth I mean, guy. So how's he going to change Again,
2: that? let's go back to Joe... And this is my favorite thing ever. We have Obama visiting 57 states, and we have <laughs> Joe Biden telling us that FDR got on TV in 1929 when the stock market crashed and calmed America down. There was no TV in 1929, and FDR wasn't president at the time. So...
1: Yeah, but you know, other than that,
2: yeah, I know. every detail, and of course, Katie Kirk's smiling and nodding because she has no clue who the president is now. Yeah, she's. Um, now. Oh, that was that was terrible. Bleep that out. Um, but you know, <laughs> be, I I'll I'll don't know. Look, Look Donald Trump could very well become president. He could very yeah. well lose by yeah. a huge margin. Yes, yeah.
1: he he could very well. Now, anyway, it would be interesting to see him try to change into a statesman because that's not that's not a role he has ever played. Is statesman. He's always been the brash guy. I don't think he can sex- successfully make that transition. I really don't. But we'll see. I so, don't know. I think <laughs> Donald Trump can do anything he wants. So speaking of the Trump thing, and you brought, <laughs> I just think he can do whatever he wants. Are you looking for a job? Is that what you're doing? <laughs> do I yeah,
2: I want to be. I want to be the press secretary. But I'm sure that Katrina woman has that <laughs> oh, locked up.
1: She's nuts. Not nuts. She's nuts. Um. So speaking of, you brought this. We up. We need him or- on the show. We need him on the show. Who Trump? Because anytime I've ever interviewed Trump, Billy. I pick
2: I pick up the phone and he's like,
1: "Hello," like he knows me. Billy. I'm telling Billy. you, he
2: is he is bizarrely
1: charismatic when he wants he to is, be. Oh, he is he's he's big, huge, and successful. <laughs> That's how we get. He's you know, I'm I'm big, huge. <laughs> okay,
0: <laughs> okay.
1: So you brought up the attacking uh, reporters. What have you thought about this this thing about? It won't end. Where this We're allegedly story. his campaign manager. Old oh, what's his name? Uh, Lewinsky. Uh, I keep yeah. thinking Lewinsky. Just call, Lew- let's just call him Lewinsky. I know it's <laughs> not, Lewinsky. You right wing watch people out there and other people out there. We know his name's not Lewinsky, but it's just going to be what we go with. Okay, <laughs> that's what we're going with. So Lew- uh, Lewinsky allegedly, allegedly, uh, att- and I don't say allegedly to discount, just because we have to say allegedly, allegedly attacked or grabbed her arm of uh, the reporter, Michelle Fields, who's with uh, Breitbart used to be with daily caller. What is your take on that whole, um, I mean, nobody kerfuffle? First of all, why is your campaign manager
2: manning securities? <laughs> <laughs> second of all, second of all, um, it's strange to me that there wouldn't be an awareness of who she is and that she, I would assume this is not the first time she covered a Trump event. Um, now,
1: I but guess what, does that camp- excuse does that excuse it if all well, if I'd have known that you were this reporter then I wouldn't... no would, no no but I'm
2: saying like it clearly seems like if this is true he didn't know who she was and thought that she was uh, trying just some I mean, what did rando, she think he was trying she was trying to attack him I don't understand just I mean just some rando right that's yeah. my point like if you're trying to prevent somebody random from storming in yeah. um to at- attack Donald Trump or whatever then you you might react in a weird way but not like that I mean first of all she's a woman. Second of all, she's a human. Yes. Why are you treating? Now, if it's true, and
1: I I mean, look, she sent a picture that had bruised finger. And there's the audio recording of the incident, you know, and the the Washington Post reporter who also documented the same thing. So it's strange. Um, I don't. Everything points to it being true. Yeah,
2: I just it's like the story that won't. I'm surprised how much attention. Here's and, and the thing too, I think a lot of times <clears throat> you know, when you talk about this the support Trump supporters and people at the rallies, oh, this random Trump supporter, you know, slapped someone up in an event and every Trump supporter is evil because of that. I don't like that, but this is different because it's right.
1: the campaign manager, yes. right? Yeah. Well and um Yeah, go ahead.
2: No, I was just gonna say I, because I think we do that a lot. It's like, okay, well, you have to do that for every protester. Then I mean, the way they right. made the way that they made the Tea Party look in the media was insane, right? right? And it's sometimes I think the same thing happens with political candidates at their events. Now, if there's a higher level of those things happening at certain c- candidates' events, well, then yeah, you're gonna say, well, there's a pattern there, and maybe this person's attracting more crazies than others are. This is totally different from that, though, in that you have a reporter. um, who is claiming something that, and, and now she's filed, uh, apparently filed a police report.
1: Yeah, she has filed a police report. And I, I, um, what's really been interesting to me is it seems like, now this has been heavily covered in online conservative media circles and even non-conservative, even middle of the road or liberal. But it hasn't gotten the attention that it would get, I think, if a Rubio or a Cruz campaign manager had done the same thing to a girl. And especially on Fox News, you'd think that Fox News, this is one of those stories that they would go wall to wall with. And, Isn't and they don't Is she on ABC today? Gonna, or wasn't she on the well, Today Show gonna, today? She was gonna be on Good Morning America, I believe, today. Oh, same thing, going, all those morning you know, shows yeah, the same But you know, I, you'd think Fox News, that's the place to have it, except that people and and people accuse Fox News of being pro Trump. Um whether that's true or not, I don't I don't know, but Uh, that's what they are accused of. And so so maybe that would be why she, I mean, that would be a reason why some would say that she's not been covered heavily on Fox news, but I don't know. She used to, she used to be a Fox news, regular contributor. And now she's, you know, at Breitbart and nobody, they don't want to talk. People aren't talking about it. I haven't seen it. I've seen it wall to wall in our circles, right? Our town hall, Breitbart blaze, hot air kind of circles, but not on the CNN, uh, Fox News, MSNBC circles nearly as much as you'd expect it to be and not nearly as much as it would be even if a Hillary campaign manager if a Hillary campaign manager grabbed a reporter and threw them down. You know? It would be everywhere. Including on Fox and CNN. I mean, they I'm be withholding
2: Oliver. comment, but yes. Um,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I have so many good
2: jokes. But yeah, no, that is true. And um, I, I guess... How much longer does the story go? Does it have a big impact? Most things don't today. really touch Trump. Does this touch Trump? No. Does he fire this guy? I, no. I don't think anything touches Trump. No, I think Trump we- could literally hire a banner, uh, an airplane to fly banners around the country that say America sucks and people would still vote for him. Yeah. I don't think it matters. No,
1: I, I totally agree. And he would, he would this will not impact him. He won't pay the price. This guy won't be fired. Nothing's going to happen because it would show weakness on Trump's part. If he acquiesced to the demands <clears throat> Of conservative right wing nut jobs in in online media, he, he would it would show weakness. He will never he will never do that. Look at his look at his supporters. They're all just coming out and trying to you know call her a slut or whatever else, and demeaning her character without any evidence. They're just coming out and saying she's obviously an attention whore and that kind of thing. It's like are you are you kidding? Like there's there's all this evidence that points to this actually happened, and what you're going to do is trash the person. Who's made the claims, trash the person who works for a website that's been maybe the number one supporter in conservative circles of the Trump campaign? I mean, that's where yeah. you're going to go? That's just weird. It's just weird. The whole
2: thing is strange. It just adds to the strangeness of this election, cycle. It, it is is election cycle. it is the weirdest election cycle we've weird. ever had, I feel like. I mean, I don't think it could
1: get, well, it definitely can get it weirder can get and it probably weirder. will. It will. Oh, it definitely will. Especially if Trump's the nominee, it's going to get weird. It's gonna get. If Trump's the nominee, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I'm gonna be entertained. Well, I tell you what, it's gonna make for an. It's it's just like an explosion or something coming or a plane coming down in flames. It's gonna be that kind of an entertainment. It's gonna be whoa that kind of thing. But that's where it's gonna be. So, uh, do we need an awkward transition here? Did you want to get into one of your uh, your atheist things? Uh, yeah. Or you need to take a break because you keep just sitting there reading your phone. No, well, I, I was reading some, an, a, a, a time-sensitive to email. Okay. Was it the one Scott just sent?
2: A different one. Oh. But that Scott sent. Um, Yeah, give me an awkward transition. I okay. need one. I need to... Hey!
1: Oh, my I, oh. I forgot to turn the volume up again. Just a second. Let's try that again. Awkward transition. Hey! There you go. All
2: right. <laughs> this, this story... Is slightly bizarre. Hold on, go on.
1: Is it about Bruce Bruce Caitlin? Because we were talking about a a Bruce Caitlin story earlier this week. My gosh, you are terrible. No, we were. What was it? And I was thinking that would be a good one for us to cover, and I can't remember what it was. Oh, it was.
2: Well, first of all, it was the one about Hillary
1: not caring about women. Okay. I, I hate to derail you. I don't actually. Can we talk about that for a minute? Yes. Can we talk about the Bruce Caitlin thing? Why don't you find that story and bring that up? Okay. Since we're doing awkward transitions, what was? I gotta find it. I'm looking. Uh, my favorite boys, part of Boys and Girls, Boys and Girls. If you want a successful podcast, <laughs> this is how it's done. How do I spell? Caitlyn? Okay, I have it. See. Do you want me to? You yeah. want to talk about? Why don't you this? go okay. ahead and talk about it? Because I'm trying so to pull mine up. Version up.
2: We we had a situation a few days back where Caitlyn Jenner came out and said, "I support." Oh, yeah. Ted Cruz. I That's support right. Ted Cruz. I'm a Ted I forgot Cruz fan. About
1: this ang- I forgot about this angle and
2: the fun that you had with this angling. Oh, sorry. Hold on. It was an autoplay video. But anyway, they That's, are it's... apparently... Ted Cruz is a- apparently the focus of Caitlyn Jenner's admiration when it <laughs> comes to politics. Kate, which, I
1: have to be honest with which you... Which made you so happy. It was... <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> um... Anyway, she wants, she, he, Bruce Caitlin wants to be, let's see, Bruce Caitlin wants to be, Cruz is, what's the word? Transgender ambassador. Trans ambassador. Stop. Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) there's the awkward transition. So,
2: in up, oh, here comes the emphysema cough.
1: Sorry. Oh, there
2: it is. All right. You better get that checked.
1: I just, I tell you, last night, during, during the debate last night, I felt this, little cold coming on my eyes just about 20 minutes into the debate. My eyes just started watering. My nose got clogged. My throat got sore. It was That's really weird. because you watched the debate. <laughs> I was having a reaction.
2: I'm sure you were having a Donald Trump allergic <laughs> reaction. Um, anyway, Caitlyn Jenner <coughs> after the whole Ted Cruz thing. Now look, look, Caitlyn, Bruce Jenner was a Republican. Everyone knows that. And in fact, right. I've heard some of the Kardashians are Republicans too. It, right. You know, I don't and know so about Kim, but some of the others and, the, so, and his other kids as well.
1: So when, when, when Jenner had his surgery, they didn't remove his public republicanism. Well,
2: the interesting thing is, there's a segment in, and I don't watch the show, but but we had covered it, and I saw a segment where, um, Caitlin Jenner said, Hey, you know, I don't have to become a hey. liberal just because I became trans, uh, right. just because I'm trans.
1: So, which I thought was interesting. Now, here, here's my question this is a, this is an honest question. Has Bruce Caitlin had the surgery?
2: Um, I don't know about the bigger surgery, but I know that, that there have been surgeries, facial surgery, breast right, surgery, but not the like uh, that.
1: Not the other surgery.
2: No, I don't think so. And in fact, in the initial interview with Diane Sawyer had said, uh wasn't sure when that was going to happen. So here
1: is Rush Limbaugh, who I've, I've listened to for a long time, before the Bruce Caitlin thing, the years and years and years ago, he would talk about women, transgender people. And he wasn't slamming them. He just called, he said, women who were becoming men had a surgery, and he called it an uh, adedictomy.
2: Oh, my God. <laughs> I can't. So, um, so the, the other one
1: was a, ta- a take-off-of-me thing. Anyway, so Caitlin, Bruce Caitlin, as far as you know, has not had the surgery. <coughs> as far as we know. Maybe, who okay, knows? So, no, it's as 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 know, possible now. So that when that surgery happens, they could remove the Republicanism as well. <laughs>
2: you are terrible. Well, what's interesting, though, is that is that Caitlyn Jenner went after Hillary Clinton. In, and this was in a segment of the I Am Kate reality show oh, on right, E! right, um, Basically said, a debate, because I guess there's this tour bus of, of trans people who are going around the country talking about their issues. And, you know, they were fighting about politics. And Caitlyn Jenner said, you know, and I'm going to read the quote because I think it's interesting. That Republicans don't hate trans people or gays and that they're right. focused instead on the economy. But the actual quote uh, Republicans and conservatives are not these horrible people who are trying to oppress people. They're just not talking about trans issues. For the Republicans, it's not a big issue. The economy is the big issue. They are just worried about $18 trillion in debt. And of course, all the other people are, trans people are pushing back and saying that's not true. You need to re examine this. Um, and look, I mean, Jenner's a lifelong Republican and. Right. What was really strange? And I don't watch the show. Is that I don't know if it was that episode, but but Kris Jenner is in one of these episodes, hanging out with, okay. and and you know, which has got to be uncomfortable. I was saying it's got to be so uncomfortable now for what's, her. Now
1: what's uncomfortable for her? The fact that this is her ex husband, <coughs> or the fact that he's actually more feminine than she is. <laughs> like you are, t- <laughs> oh my god,
2: you're terrible. When you go to hell, I want you to phone me and let me know the color of the drapes. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I think it's got to be uncomfortable. And what's kind of crazy is that there's this moment in the preview where, you know, that the other um, individuals are asked, did you know about this beforehand? And she says no. And then Caitlyn Jenner says, that's not true.
1: Know about the republicanism?
2: No, no about, about the, the, trans the, issue. Oh, the trans issue. And 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 she kind, of, from what I can gather, kind of says I, I didn't understand that this is what it was. You know, yeah, like maybe yeah, who knows yeah. what was said in their marriage. Maybe he had said he had these feelings or something. I don't I don't know. But that's gotta be a complicated thing, yeah, period. Not to go into a serious conversation about that, because you want to make fun of Chris Jenner again, I'm sure. <laughs> and then and the then fact, there's the, the, the fact, ever the fact, classy Kim Kardashian. The fact,
1: the fact is that Bruce Caitlin looks better. Stop. Looks better in those outfits <laughs> than the Kardashian girls do. I should add. <laughs> you are terrible. Hey, when you're terrible. hot, when you're hot, you're hot. That's just how
2: it is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Can we move on from Caitlin? But anyway, Caitlin hates Hillary. Yes, that's basically ed- like the country's over if Hillary's elected. Yeah,
1: didn't she say? Didn't she hear? Didn't Cait? Ka- <laughs>
3: Can't even ask.
2: Chris? <laughs> didn't Bruce Caton say something? Cannot specific? figure out
1: his pronouns here. Said, it's the last place. I am cute with some underflattering comments. Oh, the, uh, he says, uh, speaking speaking with other transgender friends who are planning on attending a Democratic debate, Jenner said, it's the last place I want to be. <laughs> oh, wait. Sorry. That's, I didn't mean for that to, That was an last me- thing. Sorry. It's an autoplay. Yeah. That's funny. Um, that's funny.
2: So there you go. Now, now in in one of the previews, Hillary Jenner walks up to Hillary, and Hillary could not be more ecstatic to see Jenner.
1: And then Jenner punches a- her right in the nose. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, that Hillary! Um, my favorite though is the HIL- SNL Hillary's. There's, it's oh, so funny.
1: Is uh, Kate McKeon. Or, or is it Kate oh, McKeon? She's great. It, yeah, I think so. She something is something like that. Awesome. She's so she, spot on. She does her, like her dead eyes and her big smile. <laughs> <laughs> She's spot on. She is. Oh, I can't. All right. Um, okay. Now are we going back? Are we need well, to walk transition? Wait. Back? While
2: we're on the topic of abortion,
1: <laughs> this is this is not it's even what funny. What we're doing this to is my cur- transition okay. every day. While we're, we're talking about abortion, we're doing which we're what we're doing to our career by now. Right. Now. <laughs> um. <laughs> no.
2: Let's let's talk about abortion after.
1: Okay. Well,
2: now let's talk about it now. After what? Talk about abortion Bernie, now, Bernie Sanders. Okay,
1: just a minute.
2: Okay, Ber- Bernie Sanders Ugh. is a cartoon character. But in addition to being a cartoon character, he really—I have to—I'm going to I have, I'm gonna hand this to Bernie Sanders. He is generally pretty honest about what he believes. Right, right. It, it appears. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That is rare in politics. Right. It is. I, wish, I wish
1: Hitler had been so. So clear in what he believed when back in 1929 rather than waiting.
2: Right. Oh, my gosh. Right. Well, well, and that you kind of know what you're getting with Bernie Sanders. If you elected Bernie Sanders tomorrow, sure. you would kind of yes. know, I think, what you were going to get. Yes. He's not really playing games. I mean, I'm sure he's playing some games. But when, when he and Hillary were finally asked about abortion, which, by the way, it took Fox News to ask the question during the, it the took,
1: forum. It took Brett Baer of Fox News to do it. Right.
2: To ask the question now, he totally bungled Hillary. We could talk about that in a minute. He bungled the question with Hillary, and because of that, I don't feel like we got a good answer from her yeah. of where she stands. But the question of where they stand on abortion, Bernie Sanders was was asked by Brett Baer where he stands, and Brett Baer said, "Can you name a single circumstance at any point in a pregnancy in which you would be okay with abortion being illegal?" And then Sanders went on a whole thing about how you know the government shouldn't be telling women what to do with their bodies. Um, but then you know Brett Baer pushed. Even further, and he said, you know, there's some Democrats who say after five months, with the exception of the life of the mother or the health of the baby, that perhaps there's something to look at. Mm-hmm. He said, You're saying no. And then Sanders said, I am very strongly pro choice. This is a decision to be to be made by the woman, her physician, and her family. That's my view. Mm-hmm. That is he thinks it's on demand all the way up mm-hmm. until it can't be on demand anymore. And I think that's birth in some places, right? So
1: that's weird. And it's scary. It's,
2: it, it now yes I think it's scary for but I but I do think he's being honest which which is kind of weird yeah. you don't expect that yeah. especially from now Hillary on the flip side right I think has kept it kind of murky right uh you know she the way that Not Brett Bear asked the <laughs> <laughs> the way that Brett Bear asked the question I think right. left left it kind of up in the air she's saying she supports a, a regulation. But it's kind of unclear what what that means. In the in late term, you know, she's yeah. saying she she says the life of the mother. Hold on, I wanna I wanna find this because I think it's really important. She want, she Let's wants see. The okay,
1: exceptions for the life of the mother, but she doesn't she say said, what the re, she doesn't say what the regulations would be.
2: I have been on record in favor of a late pregnancy regulation that would have exceptions for the life and health of the mother.
1: Now, except she opposed a partial birth abortion ban.
2: Right. Were there exceptions for the life of the mother in there? Yeah, and sure. rape and incest. I don't know, because that that would be interesting to see.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Now, what 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 is I guess bizarre to me is that we're bringing up now, and, and she said late pregnancy. Remember we talked on the last yeah. show about the awful conversation I had right. Right. Um, with that abortion doctor. He does not. He said we do not use the term late term because it gives the false impression that we're willing to do the abortion. That we're doing abortions deep into pregnancy, which was kind of weird to me because they are sometimes doing that. So mm. they they prefer late pregnancy, and that's so the terminology is, is, is that Hillary used. used. Yeah,
1: she used the same terminology that the abortion doctor, late term right. abortion doctor, used. Late pregnancy. Late now, pregnancy.
2: but this goes again. What do you mean the health of the mother? And I'm going to push this point home until I drive every abortion doctor crazy in this country because if there is a reason why. Now, I know that we could have the theological debate about thinking abortion is always wrong, or whatever. but if there is a reason why that makes sense,
1: mm-hmm.
2: I want to hear it. Right. I'm open to hearing it. I right. actually want to hear it. I'm not being an activist. I want to hear it. Right. But if nobody can give me that reason, then Hillary should not be allowed to continue to say that the life of the mother is an exemption that she wants in late-term pregnancy right. because it doesn't make sense then. Right. Now I'm I, gonna keep, I don't know if it doesn't make sense because I'm going to keep pressing it. I don't know
1: interesting and you can't get you can't get a straight answer me can you have you been able to get any straight answers like that at all uh from just pro-choice people period yeah de- well not late term but but
2: five months let's say mm-hmm. when the baby might not live you know five and a half months the baby probably could live but it's a small chance uh, you know the cancer one I think is the most convincing if, if a woman is diagnosed with cancer and she and she has to make that decision fine that's legitimate the, if the baby if you have A hypertension that is so high or a cancer which I think is more more dire and you need to make a decision on that okay that is a difficult situation for a lot of people to be in but I haven't gotten an answer beyond that once the baby can come out and live I have not heard an answer that makes any sense and
1: and and I think that it's a fair question to ask then you know uh, if the baby could be delivered and live what's the reason for the abortion right but that's the question but the question is why do why do you why do you say this day it could live and then this day or this week it it couldn't live? Does that is there a magic time in there that it becomes life? Because they never can answer the question of when life begins. Never answer the question on when life begins. Well, I think you know, is an unborn puppy alive? Yeah, I think most people would say yes. Right. So yeah, well, here- I think Yeah, it's a lie. So here's, here's, now here's, and now here's where they can never be, remain consistent. Okay. And I think I've used this example on the show before. I don't remember. If I'm traipsing through the mountains of Eastern (laughs) Washington or Western Washington, I just pictured
2: you like strutting through a mountain in a dress.
1: I've done my, I've done my fair share of mountain hiking. Um, but if if I'm, but if I'm walking around, if I'm, if I'm in, if I'm out in the mountains doing the thing and, um, and I come across the nest of a bald eagle, right? Because bald eagles are kind of protected animals, right? And in that nest are three <clears> or <throat> a couple of bald eagle eggs that are fertilized and, and in a few months there will be baby bald eagles, okay? <clears throat> if I take those eggs and go make omelets out of them or if I just take a hammer and smash the eggs, I will be prosecuted for destroying uh, eagle eggs, because eagles are pre- protected. But I should be able to then say in court these aren't eagles; they're eggs, right? Right. I mean, the the why is it why is it illegal for me to crush eagle eggs, but not illegal to kill fetuses, a human fetus? What what's I don't I'm, they can they, can't, they <laughs> can't answer that question. Well.
2: I think I mean we can go on and on and on around in circles on and this. Talk, the fact of the matter is if something through. has a beating heartbeat, it's alive. So if you wanna <sighs> if you wanna terminate the heartbeat and the life, you can do that, but you need to use accurate language. Like right. I, this debate drives me crazy. It's like, oh no, death with dignity. Death with dignity. No, it's still suicide. Right. But I understand that it's complicated for some people, but we need to call things what they are. When we don't call things what they are, we're doing a disservice to intellectual. Abilities to understand what is going on. We're actually yeah. tricking people into believing. And this is what Diane Black was talking about right. on our show. Right, right. Tricking people, not giving them information. That that's not okay. You can still believe what you want to believe, right. but call it what it is. All
1: right. All right. So we're getting a little we we were abortion heavy last week and we can't okay do it if, again. I can't okay. handle it. So we should probably what what if we take a break and then we come back and we'll get into one. You've got at least one interview set up, right? Or two. Yeah. It's two do. interviews in one. Oh, Did you interview both these people at the same yeah, time? it's like also, a, like a double mint interview. Okay, so it's not like interview back to back. It's they're no, together. No, there's one interview talking. together. Perfect. Why don't we take a break? We'll come right back with that.
0: Sounds wonderful.
1: All right. Oh, wait. Let me. Uh, let me not play the awkward transition music and let's play something like Oh This. The Church
0: Boys. The Church boys. Man, I eat those guys.
2: Hi, guys, it's me, Chris, and I have a wonderful story to tell you all. Um. Anyway, we'll just abort that now. Uh, oh, yes. gosh, abort. <laughs> um, anyway, <laughs> we have an interview for you. It's actually two interviews in one, as we said before the break. It's Devon Franklin. He's a filmmaker
1: in Hollywood. Dave-on. Christian. Devon. What? Devon Franklin. No, Devon. Devon. He my does good, not like good, you. My good, um, my good friend, Devon.
2: And, and actually, we are friends, and I, I think he's great. He's brilliant. We, uh, John Seidel, in fact, and I in Nashville had dinner oh. with him, and we had to pick his out, brain did, and you, talk. Did he push you out of the way so he could just have dinner by himself with him? <clears throat> he tried to, but I actually <laughs> invited John, so he had to be a little um, more well-behaved. Yeah, right. And actually, I invited John to the opera too, but whatever. Um, his his <laughs> kindness could only last so long. But we had a really good dinner. We talked about Faith. And Devon's just a great guy. He's married to uh, Megan Good. She's an actress. And he has produced a new movie called Miracles from Heaven starring Jennifer Gardner. We've covered it quite a bit on The Blaze. That movie comes out on the 18th. And so just in a couple of days here, it'll be coming out. Now, I sat down with him and I sat down with Christy Beam. She's the mother of the little girl that the movie is based around. we've had on the show before. We've had her on the show before, yep. And Christy Beam is – her character – And she's a real-life person, obviously, is played by Jennifer Gardner in the movie. And, you know, spoiler alert, the story is basically about a little girl who gets trapped in a tree, inside of a tree, which is bizarre. Um, True story, um, gets trapped in a tree. Now, the part that people might say they don't believe is that she claims she encountered Jesus while inside the tree. And, um, And the really weird thing, and this has been documented by doctors who Devon, I actually was asking Devon, you met with these doctors, you talked to them. This little girl had a chronic stomach illness. Right before she had this accident she was told she claims by by god by jesus that she would be better when she got out she has never had that stomach problem again the minute mm. she got out of that tree wow and they and it was they called it spontaneous healing or something it just at the same exact time a little strange yeah um, so i interviewed the mother real life mother and also devon franklin so let's uh, hey, hey, let's roll that so it's Billy Hollowell here, and I have uh, two guests here who I've spoken with before. I've got Devon Franklin and Christy Beam. How are you guys doing today? Great. 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 Can't Great. Complain. Glad to be here as always. So we are here to talk about, and Christy, we talked last um, April about your book, Miracles from Heaven, and yes. now we've got a movie to talk about. We've got yeah, a movie to talk fast. about. I know. I know. It's crazy. One year later, right? Yes. Well, I mean, the story's resonated with so many people. I think it's a story that um, deals with a lot of human emotion, a lot of elements like hope, right, and faith. Um, Devon, I'm going to start with you, okay. because I, I love the films, and obviously we're friends, so we yes. talk about a lot yes, of these absolutely. things. But I, wanna, I wanted to ask you, what's your process? Like, how do you find stories like this?
3: Uh, God. Prayer. I mean, you can't create them. They're true. Right, right. So you just have to be patient and wait. And and be uh, aggressive in terms of who you're talking to, the so people that you know are in the in the community. They may have access to stories like this. And I will never forget that I had actually asked another book agent, um, hey, do you have anything? You know, we were looking to do a follow-up to have Ms. Freer. And I said, hey, have you heard anything that could maybe work? And she was like, well, I just heard about this project, and it wasn't even her project, um, that book publisher's project. And so she sent me um, what she had received, and it was the very beginnings of Miracles from Heaven. And having read that, I immediately was like, hey, this is it. And you, and you knew it because it was a page turner, um, Christy, you know, her journey and her journey of faith, her journey with her daughter, Annabelle getting this disease out of nowhere, the family going through crisis, the community rallying around There's them. so much to and that story. And then ultimately, story. there was a huge, amazing, happy ending, uh, right? which is the miracle that, that takes place. So it, it was a combination of all those things that let me know it was going to be a good story. And it was really God. I was saying, God, hey, we need another mo- movie, Lord. Where where are you? <laughs> and then and then it <laughs> and dropped in your lap, right?
2: Literally. It, um,
3: and uh, that's part of. The, that's, that's kind of how it works.
2: So that's kind of the recipe, though. You ha- you have to have all of those elements have to, have to make it elements. a movie, right? Yes, to make do. it a movie that's going to resonate right. and that's and right. leave people with
3: something. That's right. right? That's right. Very much, Very important. You have to have a good story, good characters, good conflict, and good resolution in order to have a building blocks of a good story. Whether it's a story of faith or not, those are just elements that any good story is going to have. Right, right. And not all movies have those elements. Unfortunately. No, they don't. Right. No, they don't. Um, no they, don't. they
2: don't. Now, Christy, for you, because last time we talked about this, we went through your whole story, and I think it's a fascinating story. When you have somebody making a movie about you and your family, right? Yes. And luckily, you're in good hands, you know, with Devon and his team. But is what is that process like of sort of walking through that and knowing, especially a story like this where there's and we'll get into more of what happened, but there's sort of this traumatic, this big event that happens with a happy ending. All of that gets translated onto screen with actors who are playing you and your kids. What what is that like?
0: Well, it ran a gamut of emotions for me. In the beginning, I was terrified, and then it turned into very anxious and very concerned and what if. A lot of, you know, what if, what if, what if. And then um, there just came a lot of peace. And um, as I got to know Devon more and his heart more, and I got to know Jennifer and her heart, and, and things evolved. Um, and I learned and I grew with the process as it grew, I became excited and um, it, it wasn't as, in the beginning it was, I need to do this because people need to hear this story, this needs to happen too. Um, I'm excited that, um, that, I'm humbled enough that it's my story that they've chosen to share with the world, and that it's going to be shared. So I, I've run just this huge gamut of emotions because it's gone from terrifying to totally joyful right. and overwhelmed and and grateful, just so grateful.
2: And there's like a strangeness yeah. to it, but not in a negative way. Of like, okay, that's my family yes. <laughs> on that screen, right. and, and Jennifer's playing me. Yeah, and, I can right, only imagine. Right, what that has to be really surreal. Right, right, it's. And, I mean, you already know the impact that the story, the book had, right, on people. And I'm sure you've probably gotten emails and people coming to you and and telling you that. And so now you get sort of this whole renewed ability to bring the story in a bigger way even than the book in front of people. So I'll start with you, Devon. What are you hoping the takeaway is for this movie, for the audiences?
3: I'm hoping people uh, walk out of the theater, hugging their families, Mm -hmm. uh, being grateful for life. Inspired about what what what's going on, believing in miracles, and really having had an experience that is uh, transformative. Uh, I think that sometimes you go into the movie theater and you know you're, you're thinking about so many different things, and you're worried about this and worried about that. And my hope is the movie will captivate them, and they'll walk out just inspired, you know. And also believing in God. Right. I think that's a big part of the story, and that's a big part of uh, you know what the book has done. The book is The New People's Faith in God, uh, as, as we hope the movie will. So the, the hope is people walk out just completely grateful. Because even though they may never get the miracle that Anvil got and Christy and Kevin got, miracles are everywhere. Yeah,
0: yeah, the yeah absolutely.
3: You have to look at it. Yeah. And, you know, in the movie, there's a, there's a, we talk about how miracles of kindness and joy and friendship. And all those things are the real miracles of life. And my hope is people will walk out of the theater feeling that. I love
2: that. That's good. How about you, Kristen?
0: Very similar. Um, very similar. Same. I just feel like I want people to have almost like a new lens on life. Like they see life differently. They. Um, I always say whenever I talk to people that... Um, you're not looking down at your struggles anymore and you're not necessarily just gritting it out, putting one foot in front of the other. You look up and look around you and recognize that there are these amazing things happening around you, that God is trying to love you through those miracles as you're waiting for the big miracle. And you may never get that big miracle. That may not be your miracle, but all these things around you are. And that's that's comforting. That's God's way of comforting us. And so I want people to walk away with, that um feeling that, that feeling of comfort and love and and, and restoration of faith and hope and yeah. absolutely yeah
2: absolutely sometimes in life i think we sort of just like trudge along and we move along and we don't even think about what really matters we just we're just living yes. right and then something happens and i want to talk about this miracle right because there's so many different layers to your to your miracle and what happened first annabelle's illness right right That she struggled with before this um, 2011 incident happened. And we'll get into that. But take me through the illness a little bit, what that was like before um, the the tree and the rescue. And again, we'll talk about that. But take me through that illness, the day to day.
0: You know, Annabelle started having tummy troubles when she was four. And she fully obstructed abdominally when she was five and had two major surgeries. She almost died. That began, after a 21-day hospital stay, uh, that began what we call in the book, Chasing the Diagnosis, and so we began to try to find out what was wrong with our little girl. Uh, Many, many misdiagnoses, only to find out that she had two incurable digestive disorders. Her life consisted of living on the couch in the fetal position with a heating pad on her stomach. She was on 10 medications at one time, several times throughout the day. So she was dosing who knows how many times a day with meds. Um, and she just, they, they, they explained it to me and they said, you know, imagine having the stomach flu all the time. That's what Annabelle's life is. And so um, our whole life became about living around a crisis and about getting Annabelle to the next doctor, to the next ER, to the next procedure. Um, and it just became everyone kind of sliding into position to make those things happen.
2: How do you process that as a parent? Because I can't picture what that would be like as a parent. The, the pain, the,
0: mm.
2: like, what was that like for you and for your family?
0: It's helpless. It, it, is, it is the most help. Because you can't say that you know what they feel like because you don't. And, and, and they, you're the mom. You're the dad. You're the fixer. Like, you had me. You should fix this. And you can't. You're absolutely helpless in their agony and in their suffering. And so um, you just, for us, we would just, at, at night, you know, so many times we would say, "Well, oh, baby, maybe go to sleep and see if you feel better when you wake up. Knowing full well she wouldn't, but what do you say?
1: Right, um, right. Offering
0: anything you can to help her, but those are temporary fixes. So it, it is just... Child, parents who have children with chronic disorders, I really feel like God gives those children an extra measure of grace because they just need it.
2: And incurable. I mean, this was something that there was no way you were going to get, you were only going to have those temporary reliefs. There was yes. no chance of anything. So take me through what happened the day um, that, that she was playing with her siblings at the tree. Mm-hmm. Just take me through those events.
0: So this was a miracle in itself that Abby, the oldest, who is quite persistent, convinced Annabelle to even go out and play that day. Annabelle was in a bad place mentally and then physically and emotionally. She just was in a really bad place. So Abby convinced her to go out and play. They do uh, climb trees in a, in a grove of um, trees that they often played in. Um, they. I later found out, like a year later, um, as I was writing the the book, the reason that they climbed that tree was because Abby had previously climbed the tree and found a bird's nest. Um, And Annabelle so badly wanted to see the bird's nest in its natural habitat. So that's what motivated her to do it. Abby helped her get up it. They're 30 feet in the air, just sitting on a branch, looking at the bird's nest, talking. I imagine swinging their sweet little feet, just loving each other. Then the branch begins to crack and give way. Abby, in her brilliance, quickly says, Anna, go over into that little hole in the tree, thinking it was like a nook, like a little notch. Get in there, I will go, then you'll get off your weight, off the branch, I'll go down and help you down, because she was so sick and frail and weak, and um, so Annabelle did, but what ended up happening was she entered that hole, she went head first, and ended up falling 30 feet head first, landed on the top of her skull at the base of this hollowed out cottonwood tree, and was entombed in it for about five hours.
2: And so, and I remember the news story at the time, I remember reading about this, the rescue and, and all of that. It's what happened in in there, yes. right, that you later found out what, the next day, I believe, right? Yes, absolutely. Um, t- talk to me about what she told you she experienced and what your first reaction to that was and just guide me through that a little bit.
0: She said to me the next day as we're driving down the road of uh, the truck, and of course from the fall, you know, it, she's got cuts and scratches and wet and muddy and bruised, nothing broken, no paralysis, we're driving down the road and she um, turns to me and she says, uh, you know, mommy, um, I went to heaven when I was in that tree. And I remember looking at her and literally thinking in my head, how hard did you hit your head, baby? And didn't say it, of course. And then all I could say was, really? And so I say, really? And she says, yes. And I sat on Jesus' lap. And she said, um, and I wanted to stay, Mommy, because there's no pain in heaven. But he told me that it wasn't my time, that I had to go back. But when the firefighters get me out, there will be nothing wrong with me. And so I remember thinking, "Well," and I said it out loud, Annabelle, God is so good, there was nothing wrong with you. But that wasn't what he meant. There was going to be an even greater healing happen, or an even greater miracle happen, and that was, that he completely healed her for her from her two incurable digestive disorders.
2: And so today, and this is 2011, mm-hmm. right? Correct. And now here we are years later. No health problems?
0: No, she's on zero medications. Um, she has been released from the care of Dr. Samuel Nerko, the guru of this of pediatric gastroenterology. Um, she's asymptomatic. She's not been hospitalized ever again for her stomach, anything related to her stomach. Um, she um, runs and jumps and swims and plays and climbs. She eats anything and everything. She can eat more than you and me. Yeah.
3: She's, she puts it down
0: yes
2: so that's amazing it's amazing yeah. now what's the doctor say what what is his you know obviously when you see
0: the
3: movie he's he, literally the doctor says exactly what's in the movie yeah which is which is what's great because as a doctor he can't say she's healed that's right so he says medically you know uh, spontaneous remission and and in the trailer <laughs> and in the film which is very true to real life so you mean to tell me you know this little girl falls down the tree headfirst 30 feet and it didn't kill her, and it didn't hurt, her, right. and she's it just miraculously... She's she, magically like, she's, healed, she's, right. right? Right, and so that's spontaneous remission, right? Impossible, right? right. So that's without some what other, music. right? Without God or something. That's what that's what that's what Dr. Nurko said, and he and he is. Did you so, interview him for? We, oh, yeah. we, well, we talked about. Oh, yeah, throughout the whole process of developing the script and all that. Yeah, is What's,
2: he is he at all kind of like huh you know, no, I mean, is he, is he
3: gets it he's amazing yes. he understands he's, he... but
2: I mean like from the healing is he sort of like I've never seen this before this he is strange of
3: course yeah. he's, he's never seen a girl fall yeah. down a tree and hit her head three times and come right. out and the, the disease there's no symptoms right. of it so no he's never seen it right
2: yeah And that, see that but that adds because the first question people always have in these stories is was the doctor involved anybody talk to the doctor and here you're saying you've talked to the doctor oh and We're obviously doing you've doing the benefit
3: done. at, at yes. Boston Children's Hospital with the film the week before the movie comes out. And the, and, and they're doing, the doctor, Dr. Sam Nurko, is donate is uh, not donate, but they are doing a fund in Annabelle's name That's to amazing. help uh, raise awareness and raise funds to treat uh, pseudo-obstruction motility disorder.
2: That's amazing. Yes. That's amazing. So, I mean, here you guys are, you have a movie, and you want to send a message, and you've said what that message is. And I think the one thing that I love about you know your career, Devon, is that you have continued to put out movies that are leaving people with something that they don't always get in Hollywood when they go to a movie, right? Um,
3: how do you feel? Do you feel called to that mission? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I feel called to the mission. Uh, I've been trained for it, being, you know, as an intern starting for Will Smith and learning over the past 20 years and working on a lot of his films, whether it be Pursuit of Happiness, um, you know, or even Seven Pounds and Karate Kid. And, you know, those are very inspirational mainstream films. And then also coming from the background of, you know, being involved in ministry and learning from, you know, guys like Bishop Jakes, who's also a producer on the film, and learning, okay, here's how you, you know, impact someone's life just on a day-to-day basis. And so being able to understand the specifics of that and the specifics of Hollywood and then being able to put that together in content that can touch people's lives no matter what walk, no matter what race, no matter what religion, I definitely feel called to be Absolutely.
2: Now, let me ask a tough question, and I've, I asked you this before, but I want to ask it again, because I think the people, there's always maybe the critics who say, this isn't real, you're making it up, you're doing it for money. And I want to ask you first, Christy, how do you respond to them? And then I want to ask you, Demo.
0: Well, my answer to that question is no longer a hard one, because I always struggle with that question, and I have adopted Annabelle's answer. And this is her answer. I say nothing to those people, because I know what my life was like before, I know what happened in my life whenever it happened, and I know what my life is like now. And you cannot deny the undeniable, and they will get there when they get there.
2: There you go. What else
0: do you say? Right.
2: What else do you say? It's, it's your story. Yeah. Right. And what would you say to those people who would say those things? That, that this is all about money? Well, that it's made up, the story's made up... And, and the reason I ask you this too is because you've been, you've interviewed, you've spent time with this family, you've spent time with the doctors. You have a deeper lens into it than oh, almost yeah. anybody else. Yeah.
3: I mean, I've been to, to their house, I've seen the tree. You know, I mean, it's it's all about. Anytime you, you hear a story that you know, I didn't know them until I went to meet them. Uh, my thought and my assumption was that I'm getting a, a book that says it's a true story, especially from people that I trust. That it's true. Right. Right. The next level of that is like, hey, let's go meet, let's go talk, let's, you know, feel each other out. Um, and when you see it, the story in itself is far more compelling than the movie. The reality of what they actually went through, we did our best to try and capture it. But what they went through is still more compelling than what we right. were able to do in the yeah, film. Absolutely. And so when you actually get a chance to meet, you know, the real people and you see what really happened, I mean, those who don't believe, they just don't believe. Right.
2: And you're never going to convince. You're never no, going to convince somebody and that, and doesn't so, believe. And no, right it's all right not okay, to believe. But...
3: It's okay. It, because when you know something is true, you don't have to get excited about it. Right. You know, you're not like, hey, you need to. You know, I think sometimes when people are overly anxious, right. Sometimes that there's an insecurity of like, oh, I need to make sure when someone believes it because maybe there are some facts that aren't really straight. Well, yeah, but there's story... no explanation for it outside of what. <sighs> We know the explanation would be. But but yes. people who don't believe you're not gonna convince them of that. But that but I think that's what I love about the story and that's why I think the movie the movie is gonna be so powerful as as the book is powerful, is that when you take let's say you take for a moment spirituality out off of the table. So medically they still can't <laughs> Exactly right. The right. only thing they can say is spontaneous remission. So she happened to hit her head just right
2: yeah. right
3: like how does that work right so that's the thing that, that even if you are saying oh, I don't know about the heaven thing I don't know no one can walk away from this film saying hmm I know how that happened right those that don't believe I mean those that believe you know oh right right, right. heaven she spoke to God God healed her you know that but if you say hey I don't know about that you still walk out of the film saying, hmm I don't know Right. It's compelling. It's so compelling that it will even the even the cynic will walk out of this questioning. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I think these
2: stories are harder for skeptics to dismiss when there isn't the moment of death of I actually died when right. they brought me back. Because there's always an excuse that you know, you can get to the neuroscience
0: that's and, what, and that's people, what makes right. this movie great because yeah. you right. have the
3: medical you have the medical the medical history yeah. that not only undergirds the the credibility of, of what they went through but also the fact that you know five years later, she's has she doesn't go to the doctor for her stomach. She doesn't on she's not on any medication. She's been released from Doctor Nurko's care. That's amazing. Again, whether you want to go the leap, take the right. faith, leap of faith about heaven, just for a moment,
2: explain that they can't. But there is it can't no be explanation. Right, right, right. And that's, that's the,
3: what's so awesome about
2: this it
0: story. Is. It and is so great.
2: The last question I have for you is just. What has this done for your family's faith, for your faith? Where are you now? And when you think back to the darker days before the the healing, how would you sort of compare it?
0: Our family has always been well grounded in faith. It's always been a great foundation for our family. But for me, who did struggle, um, it has become an opportunity for me to rely on it even more. And there's still struggles in my life right now. There's trials that we all go through. Some are bigger than others. And I find myself at times, um, overwhelmed, and then I'm like, what are you doing, <clears throat> what are you doing, he's beyond proved that he's God, he's beyond proved that he's bigger than this, so relax in his arms, just let him be God, and so it's become even a greater foundation of mine um, to propel me to encourage others that it is, you know, it is it is worth it to let him be in control.
2: Absolutely. Any final words from either of you? Anything maybe we haven't
3: talked about that you
0: want go people to know? Go see the movie, March 16th. March 16th. Go in
3: and get the book. The movie time book just released uh, today. today. Very good. So very go, good. go get the book, go see the movie, and uh, you won't be disappointed. No. Awesome. Thank you guys very much.
0: You're welcome. Thank you. A church boy.
1: <laughs> Back to the God, God Church Boys.
2: Satan never... Oh, I'm not... What? Are I lost there? the audio for a minute and I thought it was over and I started talking. No, you're okay. You were I'm fine. Good. You did it just I was perfectly. okay?
1: Yeah, should we try again? We'll just go ahead and we can just play it again, would you like? we we'll just play it. We'll just do it while you can practice. We'll practice. Here you go. And here it comes. <laughs> Are you ready, Billy? Here it comes, I'm Steve. ready. Okay, here it comes. Oh, wait. Let's 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 do this one. You ready? Here it comes. Back to the uh-huh. church board. Okay, and I think go, his Billy. Bitterness, his no, bitterness you, just... What? You missed it again, okay? Here we go. Let's practice this again. <laughs> For all you junior podcasters out there. This is good practice, okay? Let's try let's try this again. Here it comes. You ready? He's gonna talk. To the and, the and now you.
2: Okay, hi. Um I'm Billy Hollowell. <laughs> I'm a church boy. Um and Oh, what we're here to talk about to talk about atheists. Yeah. Satan always throws me off because he's so bitter.
1: I wonder he's so b- I wonder. <laughs> I wonder how we were able to capture that in his voice when we made that bumper.
2: <laughs> um, maybe he got a phone call from my mom before he oh, recorded that oh, bumper. Oh, you know, we've got, um, got like anyway, phone so calls
1: from Laura over here we could play.
2: I'm sorry. A- Atheists tend uh-huh. to be very nice people most atheists. I think most atheists don't want to be attached with the craziness that comes along with the atheist activist movement. That I believe. I think most atheists are kind of like, we don't believe in God. Leave us alone. We respect your you know, Christmas trees and your menorahs and your whatever and your nativities but we just don't want to be bothered with it but we're not offended by it when we see it. Right. But like the 10% of them who are offended by everything I think are so
1: active. It's exhausting. Do you, They're think, like, it's, do you think it's only 10%? Um, I would say my guess is probably 10 to 20%. Really? I th- I would think that it's the other way. I think that it's a minority that aren't obnoxious.
2: No, I actually think most don't care. All right. I think the rest of them no, are. Implied no, by I, the-
1: well, I think that there are, ag- I think there are people who are agnostic who just, they don't know and they, you know, and they're apath- almost apathetic and they don't know and they don't care. Right. You know, you can live like an atheist, but not actually call yourself one. You just, you know, live like one.
2: I, ta- you know, I'd have to pull some of the polls, the the polls up. It's tr- look, m- maybe my assumption is that it's a minority that okay. we're hearing well, from, and they're that. very the, loud. That is my
1: assumption. You're the you're the professional. I'm I could just, be wrong. I'm just the um, schmo
2: over here. But actually, Chris and I, and I don't care what happens, we need to make sure this happens. The Reason Rally is coming to DC oh, this summer.
1: we have to go, have to. Have and to
2: go. I am planning on hopping on a train. They love me. At the, I'm a celebrity at the Reason. The only place I'll, I'll ever be a celebrity is at the Reason Rally.
1: That and an R B. And, and RB. Um and that, I, I cannot, that, cannot wait. In that fantastic media room that they've created. <laughs> Where apparently there's toy trains going through being used and well, I, I, apparently the kitchen is attached. I don't know.
2: <laughs> there are no plugs in the media room. It's there's, the most there's fascinating. No, no out world.
1: no outlets, no acoustics, and um oh, just it really did sound like you were in the middle of a train station and some did. of the stuff that it you did. recorded. Anyway,
2: sorry. Well, anyway, um, so we have to go to Reason Rally. But, but the reason we're bringing atheists up is there have been a number of stories this week. The first one is a school district that the Freedom from Religion Foundation has gone after. And and this particular school district in Missouri, it's a couple of school districts, but they're sending letters because there's a Christian organization run by a pastor. That pastor has appa- allegedly been going into the schools during lunchtime and okay. praying with the Christian students. And now, so there's been video.
1: Has, has he been sneaking into the school? No the school lets the school oh, okay. gives so the, access to the co- members of the community and he's been given a pass to come in
2: Yes. Now we don't know the details right. of how this works. We can only assume. My assumption is that this is optional yeah. that students who are Christians or who are interested in learning more can opt in. Right. The atheists are complaining from the Freedom from Religion Foundation that this is not okay because it's going on during the school day, during lunch. Now there was a video that's how this went you know got out there. Somebody took video of it I think on a cell phone of the of him leading them in prayer. And the school district came back after the Freedom from Religion Foundation complained and said, yeah, he kind of went above and beyond what's allowed, but he's not going to let it happen again. It was very unclear what that meant exactly. Um, but the Freedom from From Religion Foundation is not satisfied with that answer. They're looking at legal options. But the cool part of the story is that students not just in that school, but all over the the region are praying, taking pictures of themselves, praying in circles, big groups of students hmm. to send a message with with a hashtag Pray with Hollister, and Hollister is the is the town, the city yeah. where this has been going on. Right. Um, and so, look, I love it. You look at these pictures; you see these kids in huge groups praying, holding hands, praying, sending a message that you're not going to silence that ability uh, for us to do this. And I think the
1: atheists would say they're not trying to do that, but I think right. a lot of people would say they are. Yeah. So what is what is the specific claim about the pastor going too far? What did he do to go too to allegedly go too far? Well, you know, because it's during the
2: school day, this is where it gets tricky, and this has happened a lot with these cases where, you know, it's unclear: does the student have free time? Does he not have free time to take his Bible out? A teacher says, "Put your Bible away," and it's like, well, this is free time during during a student's free time, they can do whatever they want. The issue always, the issue in these cases, this happens with the football coaches too, is that no school per personnel or adult coming into the school, being allowed by the school, should be able to lead religious services in the eyes of, of atheists.
1: And now that's not what court cases and, and <laughs> you know unsettled understanding is, uh, because um, uh, Fellowship of Freedom Christian Athletes, FCA, a student can request to have an FCA chapter in their school, and the school has to let them. And then they u- usually can find a teacher who's willing to say, yeah, you can use my room at lunchtime, and they can bring in a speaker and have that person come in. Right. So I I guess this is why the school district's not, I
2: mean, maybe the school district's just saying, oh, he went above him. He went above what he should have just because they're trying to shut them up. And it seems like that's what the atheists think because they're saying we're going to keep fighting this. You know, like they're not confident it's going to stop happening. Um, And the district did say we're going to let him continue to come in. We allow members of the community to have to come in. Um, So. You know, I, I don't know where this goes. I guess what's confusing to me is, you know, the, the whole notion of being an atheist, you're being a free thinker, right? That's what they call themselves, right. free thinkers. Well, right. students can be free thinkers, too. And when, if it's not a captive audience, and they're not being forced to listen to it, and they want right. to go to a room or go to a portion of the cafeteria and meet with a pastor, that's right. something that they want to do. They are being free thinkers right.
1: in their ability to do that, no? Right. Well, you'd think so. And, and, and you and I talked about this as we were preparing for the show, and... If a hundred students got up, and there's pictures of these students standing in a circle around the edge of the cafeteria, you know, and praying. If a hundred students got up and, and prayed together in the cafeteria, there would be really no legal recourse against them doing it. But if a member of the community who's allowed by the school, the school's practices to allow those members of the community to come in and joins <laughs> with them in prayer, suddenly that person, suddenly that's an illegal activity even though those 100 now it's 101 people, 100 students, they were going to do it anyway and one pastor comes in and prays with them and then this if if the students then who were engaging in that volunteer activity ask the person who's allowed by the school district to be there if they ask him to pray suddenly then that's a bad thing I, apparently but you know if this were an issue that. of
2: you know sexual reproductive health I'm pretty sure we'd be having a very different discussion. Oh, students, you know, they're free to do whatever they want. And, oh, you know, we should facilitate a healthy environment in which students can, you know, feel good about themselves and da-da-da-da-da. we would have a very different discussion. But when it comes to prayer, it's almost like, oh, you know. It's just strange to me. It's strange to me that public school has gone from being what it is, uh, what it once was, which was a beacon to educate and show morality and and guide kids to being what it is now, which is a structure that doesn't really facilitate the most required and needed skills that kids need to have growing up, which is how an, to be a good
1: human being. <laughs> do you have an alarm going off? Oh, I have a cell phone ringing. Oh, okay. But it's not ringing. It's just vibrating. Yeah, I could just, I think it must have been up near the microphone because it's going bzz, 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 in, the, in the microphone. That's Okay. Really, is it okay? Uh, it made me lose concentration on what you were saying. Because I, I actually I lost concentration so when I was saying too, it but probably no, wasn't think, important. No, it was good. It was actually I heard you know, I heard two thirds of it. It was pretty good what I heard. So, so what is the resolution of this? Is there, are they taking them to court? <laughs> They're pursuing legal options. Um, last time I checked, that was you no. Know, there I was some left. something in California too, right? So along a similar line, yes, what happened in California? Different. Now, I don't, I don't remember this story, but I remember you saying something about it. I don't know what the story. Well, you know,
2: is. The, these stories are hard to track, and one of my goals is if we cover the first part of the controversy, that we cover the last part of it, and sure. this will go on for years. So, right. this particular story in California involves um, a school board, the the Chino Valley United School Board. Now, that school board has been fighting with the Freedom from Religion Foundation since 2014. That's when this started. They filed a lawsuit, the atheists. Uh, The claim was that the members of the board were praying, reading the Bible, proselytizing, and that this was all unconstitutional because it was going on during official school board meetings. Now, we do know... That government meetings are allowed. At Greece versus Galloway, the mm-hmm. Supreme Court case that recently happened. That Supreme Court case gave the power of prayer at government meetings as long as everyone's invited to the table to pray. Right. Um, and this has not ended the battle, obviously. But in this case, it sounds like the atheists are saying this stuff has gone further. There's been more of it. There's been, hmm. you know, it's not just it. It's not just before the meeting. It's during the meeting, right? right. Um, and that there's a captive audience then and, and all that. They didn't use those words, but it sounds like that's what they're alluding to. So. They sued, and they lost, and the school board lost the atheist won. Um, a judge ruled in favor of the atheist saying last month in February that this was unconstitutional and that and that the board was wrong. The school board is not backing down though. they voted three to two wow. last week to appeal the decision. Picked a new law firm, and uh, they're apparently moving forward with that lawsuit. Now the atheists are warning: Look, you've already racked up two hundred thousand dollars in attorney fees that you have to pay us. That the judge said you have to pay us. Right. This is going to go up to three fifty quickly right, right. if you appeal this. So, uh, seems like the board doesn't care. That looks like they're going to be uh, pushing forward.
1: Well, it's just you just you start to look at these kinds of things, and you and you you say, "What part of government shall make no law?" regarding the establishment of religion. Like you don't get to make a law saying we can't pray at board meetings. You don't get to make a law that says we can't pray in the school. You don't get to make a law saying, you know, God can't be, that there can't be nativity scenes. You don't get to make a law that says these kinds of things. You don't get to make a law restricting the, prohib- the prohibiting the free, uh, free practice of religion. You simply don't get to do it. The government shall make no law. Now, people will argue that was the federal law, you know, that's the federal government, and you're correct that it was aimed at the federal government, but the the argument then becomes that the, what is it, the 14th Amendment, the Incorporation Amendment, applies that then to the states as well. And the fact is, Congress can make no law. You can't, you don't get to make a law regarding the the establishment of religion or the free exercise thereof. You don't get to make a law on it
2: atheists are getting very smart because they had in Oklahoma uh, with the, with the Ten Commandments they have started looking at state constitutions that's been the move because they keep losing at the federal level right. we can't win at the federal constitutional level let's go to the state constitution and they're successful sometimes now they've been very unsuccessful with um, one nation under God and the pledge that has not worked they've lost in Massachusetts they lost in New Jersey by arguing on the state constitution but in Oklahoma, it did work because there was a provision in the Constitution that did not allow public land to be used, I believe, I forget the exact wording, but for a monument like the Ten Commandments, and so it had right. to be removed. So state constitutions are sort of the new battleground in this. Yeah. Um, now, wh- that might be depressing to some, but it also shows that they're not winning at the federal right. level. That they've right. got to have a new strategy. Right.
1: And that's, you know, whatever. I, that's interesting. I just... It's so disheartening that that those fights even have to happen, you know what I mean? Um, you know what, but I, I, I not to sound like the tinfoil
2: hat person, but, <laughs> but I think, look, if you're a Christian, you believe I this book, and this is not a plug for the book, but this book that I finished, it's coming out in May. It really got me thinking more about all this and I'm just less I'm less and less surprised. No, by it's, not all surprising.
1: It. it's not surprising at all. It's disheartening, but it's not surprising.
2: But there's an element of surprise in that because the disheartening pieces. I can't believe this is happening. And yeah. I think there is a little surprise in that. Like, yes, yeah. we knew it would happen, but now we're seeing it happen. And well, it's way more bizarre than yeah. I thought it would be.
1: Now, now, the book that you're talking about, is that your end times coloring book you're talking that's coming out soon? <laughs> that's the follow up. <laughs> No God's be- not dead. Dot 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 in the end is near. <laughs> this, <laughs> it's this, it's pages it be, still with fireballs. Will it be available for sale places that we would know about? Or when is it coming out or the book I I
2: will say any bookseller should have it. It comes out May third. Um, any oh, okay. bookseller should have it. Do I get to, I, I can't give the more specific details it, yet. But
1: interestingly, I've not yet been contacted by your publisher for that blurb I'm supposed to write for the cover. We're afraid of what you'll say. Oh, they keep not. I contact. thought about having you do the I've, forward, I've, but I actually want people to buy the book. I've sent them a bunch of emails telling them that I, my ideas, and no responses yet. Awful. You'll have to. You'll have to check with them and see. How, why have you been responding to Chris's emails about this? I know he's been. A, there's lots of messages.
2: It's a very riveting title, Armageddon Code. Dun, 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 dun. Is that really what
1: you called it? Yeah, it's the name of the book. What's what's his. What's his name? The Joel Rosenberg. Are you related to Joel Rosenberg or something? No, but Joel Rosenberg's name is on the front cover because he's interviewed he's... in the book. Oh, oh, did you? Did he um, blurb the book? He didn't blurb the book. So, he's interviewed <clears throat> throughout the book, though. You know, I was also wondering. So you've got it. It's all. It, certainly, it's not all written yet and submitted to the publisher because I I don't remember us having an interview about about it for the book. Like I, don't remember, I don't remember. I don't, I don't remember you interviewing me. I don't remember you I don't remember you interviewing me uh, <clears throat> for the book. Oh well, we don't do interviews with the
2: Antichrist <laughs> or the false prophet. So
1: <laughs> you and Rivette were off. It's, that only, list. it's, it's only speculation, and it's not like direct. And I'll,
2: let, I'll let the listeners figure out which one they think the false prophet is <laughs> and which one they think the Antichrist is.
1: <laughs> I have my ideas, <laughs> so do I. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know. Spoiler alert!
2: Nobody thought the Antichrist would be a woman.
1: There <laughs> <it> is is. <laughs> okay then.
2: Am I the only one who wants Sarah
1: Ravette's birth to be videotaped or oh, audio taped that so we could hear it? I have. You have no idea how much I. We have to. Do you know Brian at all? I do. Yeah. You need to talk to him. I'm you going just, to. Just put the phone in your pocket. Okay, just stick it in your pocket <laughs> and hit record. We don't need video. We don't want video, but we do want audio. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sarah,
2: the, uh, mm-hmm. we need to have her back on the show. No, a
1: no, I think we had her last week. It's probably once every quarter is enough. Yeah, wasn't um,
2: she unusually unusually bitter too?
1: Yeah. Well, she was, but she was she was also kind of subdued. It was really strange. We we do need to have you know. Oh, that's the worst, when she's bitter but subdued. I know, because she has other things on her mind. That's (coughs) right. Because then nobody. I mean, that hurts a lot of people when that happens. So, (laughs) okay, we better go because you and I have a meeting here in a little bit. We have the best show. We do. We do. Right after, behind, uh, you know, Doc and Skip and Glenn and Pat and Stu and Buck and Jay Severn, we have the best show on the network.
2: Look, we should be number one, so I don't know. All you listeners, start tweeting and Facebooking and <laughs> telling people to start listen listening to harder. us.
1: Listen harder. Oh, and by the way, and I meant to meant this, mention this earlier, like do this at the beginning of the show, because we need to do this, okay? Go on iTunes. Give us a five-star review, okay? Go to the podcast section, find us, give us a five-star review. The more things that we do like that, the the better this show does and the more money we can make from it. Right? And we're making zero dollars We're right making now, zero. So more money would mean <laughs> this is really more of a vanity project than anything else. But okay, but That's do go right. and give us five. Give us five. Uh, give us five stars on iTunes. Even if you hate the show, just go do that for us. Um, and be sure to put in your comments what you really think about Chris. Yes, absolutely. And lie about Billy, um, because that that will help us out a lot. And listen, I'm I'm not begging because we're not we're because we're gonna lose our job. Or, it has nothing to do with that. I've just been meaning to bring that up. It, I think it would be great if people did that we have you know we have got more well well over a million lessons and all we're doing we're doing very well don't don't think that we're discouraged at all by what's going on it's just a reminder like you you listeners have a responsibility to listen harder and do more and that's all I'm saying and make us feel
2: successful that's right that's all
1: we're asking big strong little love our way we want to be big strong big strong and successful so Uh, Billy I hope Donald Trump
2: is elected (laughs) so that we have something to talk about next year
1: (laughs) you don't think Hillary would give us anything
2: I don't know. Pantsuits? I, pant I wasn't going there.
1: Kankles, <laughs> Oh, but Chris. What? Did I say that out loud on the microphone? Okay, we, go, we better go because we do have a meeting here in just a few minutes. So, uh, Any advice for the people? Read Genesis. <laughs> and read the Armageddon Code. We'll talk to you later. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> Donald Trump. <laughs> He'd look nice in a pantsuit, don't you think? He wears them daily. (laughs) What's with the hair? I still haven't figured out the hair thing though with him. Um I think it's a clip-in.
0: It probably is. (laughs) It's it's
2: like the tail of a fox.
0: (laughs) The church boys.